Welcome to Totally Women Podcast. Totally Women is a bi-weekly podcast that uncovers essential health knowledge and highlights inspiring journeys that transforms women's lives. I'm your host, Rosemary Crosdale, a licensed adult gerontology nurse practitioner. And this season, we want to hear from you. Email us at totallywomanpod1 at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at totallywomanpod to join our conversation. While we encourage you to listen to this podcast for health tips, it is not a substitute for a relationship with a primary care provider or clinic. Now let's get to today's episode. Oh my God, this is episode four of season two. And I just want to continue to express my gratitude to all the ladies that have been supporting me on all the platforms where podcasts can be listened to. Thank you so much for your continued support. Understand that I take none of it for granted. As we continue to celebrate Black History Month, I would like to acknowledge another two Black woman pioneer in medicine. The first one that I want to shine the light on is Martha Minerva Franklin. She was a registered nurse who established the National Association of Colored Graduate Nurses, and that was founded in 1908. NACGN, as it is abbreviated, was dedicated to making the profession equitable for Black nurses. Oh my God. The organization changed many of the discrimination barriers that Black nurses faced. It eventually merged with the American Nurses Association. That is so amazing to see how the American Nurses Association came into being. Oh my God, I never knew this. So this is so, this is just a pivotal moment. Wow. Also in 1997, Donna Christian Christensen became the first woman physician and first black physician to serve in Congress. Oh my gosh. So look at that, ladies. We have women also representing us in Congress. And, you know, we saw how the American Nurses Association came about by um, Martha Minerva Franklin. Our history is richer for the indelible mark engraved in our legacy by these women. Amazing. In episode three, we discussed about heart disease and how it affects women. So on today's episode, we're going to continue the talk, right? So we're continuing to talk about heart awareness and how it affects us as women. Screenings are so important. I discussed screenings earlier and I talked about knowing your risk factor 
before you actually get the disease. We want to screen you before you get the disease. And this is very, very important. So knowing your risk factors and what are those, some of those risk factors? There's some risk factors that we're born with, right? Like our genetics, right? Our age, we can't change our age. Our age is what it is. So as we get older, right? Usually they say once we hit 40 and above, that's when the risk factors for heart disease start to affect us more or our risk factors for getting the disease becomes much greater. Also, if our familial history, right? We have family members that probably they had heart disease, right? In the last episode, I discussed about hypertension and how hypertension can lead to cardiac issues, right? I'm going to also look at diabetes, right? Or cholesterol levels, smoking, leading a sedentary lifestyle. What if you're someone who works in an office, you sit a lot of the times, you know, you don't really get up a lot. You're working from home now. You're comfortable. You have your laptop set up in your bed or wherever you have it set up. So instead of moving around a little bit more, you get a little bit more complacent. These are things that can affect or lead to your optimal cardiovascular health. So these are some risk factors. Some questions that ladies, I want you to ask yourselves, right? And some of these questions are, are you able to climb a flight of stairs without getting winded? How many steps can you go up before you start to feel short of breath? Is it three steps for you? Can you do three or four steps before you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired, right? You become exhausted. That could be a risk factor. So some of these questions you have to ask yourself, do you have pain in your legs? Does it pain when you're walking? Is it pain when you're just sitting down? Swelling in your legs, right? Do you have swelling in your legs? What relieves it? What makes it better? You know, is it visible notice? When you press on it, does it leave a depression, which is something that we would call pitting edema? Are you experiencing those things? Because those are some of the questions that I would also like you to ask yourself when it comes to looking into some of the risk factors that can affect us as women. One of the things that I really want to focus on today and to look at is diabetes. Diabetes is an inflammatory process, right? And when I talk about diabetes, because remember, there's type 1 diabetes, which is known as juvenile diabetes. But the diabetes that we're focusing on, ladies, is type 2 diabetes. So when we talk about type 2 diabetes, we want to make sure that you're also getting screened for this. And when you get screened, there is something that either you will do a fasting blood sugar where your provider will say to you, don't have anything to eat from midnight till the time you come in for your appointment, nothing to eat or drink. So this is known as a fasting blood sugar. So you wouldn't have consumed anything. When you go into the office, they would do what is called a finger stick, which is a stick to one of your capillary areas on your finger. And what they would do is just check that blood to see how much the number would go up to on a monitor, right? And that would be your fasting blood sugar. And that would be fasting because you haven't eaten anything. So depending on how much that is, so if your fasting blood sugar is 220, then that's not a good indication, right? 
because normal blood sugar, we want it to be between 60 and 100. So anything that is higher than that in terms of fasting blood sugar could be predisposing you to pre-diabetes. Another test that is a diagnostic test that is used to diagnose diabetes is something that we call the hemoglobin A1C. And what is this test? This is actually a blood work that is used as a tool to measure your blood sugar levels within the past two to three months, right? So based on what this test comes back as, it will show a percentage. And usually we want your A1C levels to be between less than 5.7 to about 6.7. Anything 6.7 and greater, we say that you're pre-diabetes, right? So if you're pre-diabetes, it is in during this stage that we can make some lifestyle changes, right? Because now you have about another two to three months to try to make some changes. And the changes could include, you know, cutting back on sugars, cutting back on processed food, making your own food, incorporating more fruits and vegetables in your diet, right? Changing stuff like that. And then now you would come back in another two to three months to have that A1C reevaluated again. If it's still high now, or if it's greater than seven, then they would diagnose you as having diabetes. And sometimes in this case, you know, they gave you a chance to make it up and now it's still high. They may want to start you on some medication. A lot of you may have heard of like metformin. And this is one of the medications that they usually start you on. You know, they probably start you low and slow. And then if it's still not controlled, they would want to go higher with the medication. But ladies, before we get on any medication, there are things that we can do to get our A1C levels down before we are placed on medications. And a lot of these things have to do with the way our diet, you know, processed food, different things like that, fast foods, just cutting back on some of these things will help to eliminate prediabetes before you actually get to the stage where you have to be on medication. Okay, so try to stay away from processed foods, fast foods. A lot of times the processed foods, they contain a lot of salt because a lot of sodium now would help to preserve it. It keeps it longer. The shelf life of these things are processed, so they last longer on the shelf. But when you consume too much of them, it will cause also your blood pressure to go up, right? Processed foods, but also the diabetes, and diabetes is an inflammatory process. So when your blood sugars consistently are high, what's going to happen now is that it can cause atherosclerosis. And what does atherosclerosis have to deal with? That would be plaque buildup around your heart where the blood is not flowing in the way it should be flowing, right? And what reflects this is your cholesterol level. So ladies, it is very important to also get screened for your cholesterol level, right? Let me just go back again. Some of the stuff that we want to make sure that we're getting screened for. We're getting screened. We're making sure that we're doing our hemoglobin A1C. We're doing a fasting blood sugar, right? We're also checking our cholesterol level because these are things that can affect how blood flow gets to your heart, right? 
If you're having like clots, if you're having swelling in your legs, then in your extremity, the blood is not able now to pump to your heart effectively, right? So if the blood cannot get to pump to your heart effectively, then that's going to cause some buildup, some narrowing. All of those things can contribute negatively to your heart and can cause you to have heart disease. Some diagnostic tests. So once we get the screenings and all of those things done, now sometimes your doctor may order something called an EKG. And an EKG is done where they put the electrodes, they put them on your chest. And what this does is that it will show some waveforms and it will show your heart rate, how fast your heart is beating. It will show if there are any cardiac changes happening in your heart. They may also order something called a stress test for you. And what is a stress test? A stress test is an exercise test. And this is a test that is done when you're connected to a treadmill or some places they may use a stationary bike and they connect you as well to a blood pressure cuff and you're also connected to an EKG machine. And they're going to put your heart through a series of exercises. They're going to probably start you out slow on the treadmill. You know, you're nice and easy. You're going probably like about a good cruising miles per hour or so. Then all of a sudden now they go from 3.5 and they may take you up to five. And then you're able to still handle it, right? You're doing your thing. You're able to maintain your cardiovascular. You're not running. You're not out of breath. But gradually they're going to start increasing. And the more they increase, it will show how much pressure your heart withstand during this kind of process, right? Because now we're putting stress on the heart and we're deliberately doing this but we're doing it in a controlled environment where we can actually see the performance of your heart. And then this test is used as a diagnostic test to diagnose cardiovascular-wise how your heart is performing. Now, ladies, you have to follow up with your primary doctor or if you have your primary nurse practitioner as well whoever your primary provider is, never negate chest pain, right? I cannot stress that enough. Chest pain is very, very important and it's an emergent thing. If you do have chest pain, you need to get yourself to a doctor or to the emergency room, okay? Because what is happening now is that your heart is probably in some stressor or something is affecting your heart. And we want to make sure that you get to somewhere where you're in a safe environment before you actually have a cardiovascular event where you're passing out. And now when you're passing out, we have to now start CPR or something like that on you, right? So we want to make sure that we're taking care of that before that happens. So if you do have chest pain, do not minimize chest pain. A lot of time as women, we don't really get chest pain, right? Because with heart disease, the classic sign is, you know, they have chest pain, it radiates down their arm or something like that. With us ladies, sometimes we may not experience that. You may have no chest pain. Maybe you have nausea. Maybe you get diaphoretic where you're just sweating or you probably just start feeling short of breath. You could also have back pain, right? That could also be an indication that you're having some cardiovascular issue. But you will not know unless you have it checked out. Do not take for granted your signs and symptoms. 
Nobody knows your body better than you. Okay. So when certain things are happening to your body that you know, right, that is not your norm. Like I said, nobody knows you better than you. So don't let anybody tell you different. Because sometimes we go to the doctor and they'll tell you, oh, it's nothing. Also in episode three, I talk about GERD. Because GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, that can present itself where you're also having chest pain, right? And that could be, but sometimes you may be burping or you may get a sour taste in your mouth. Those are some things that are associated with GERD, but sometimes you won't know unless you go to the doctor, because what if you were never diagnosed with GERD before, right? And now this is something new. So this could be something that you're experiencing, but if you're not sure, you got to get yourself help before you start. Because what we do a lot of times, right? We diagnose ourselves or we go to the Google school of nursing or the Google school of doctor or the Google school of cardiology. And once you diagnose yourself, you're like, okay, I'm fine. You know, you take something for the pain and it feels better. And maybe another two weeks or so here you go again. So if that is happening to you, you really need to get yourself checked out. Okay. So like I was saying before with type two diabetes, you want to make sure you know, your hemoglobin A1C, fasting blood sugars. Because with diabetes being an inflammatory disease, it can cause narrowing. It can cause where the blood is not flowing properly to your heart. This can lead to atherosclerosis, which is, you know, having to do with your cholesterol levels as well, because this is causing plaque to build up around your heart. And we don't want this to happen. The vascular damage causes plaque buildup in the arteries that can lead to heart disease. So let's take our limbs, for example. If you have pain in your legs, right? We talk about peripheral artery disease, swelling in your legs. If something is not functioning good in one area, because ladies, everything is interdependent on the other, right? We're not just operating in vacuum. All of our organs, they're related, right? It's like that songs that we used to sing as a kid. I don't know, I'm going to probably age myself now. Them bones, them bones, them. And then we used to say like the neck bone is connected to the shoulder bone, right? So everything is connected. So if something is not perfusing properly, if you're getting swelling, if something is backing up somewhere, then that area is going to be stressed and it's also going to put pressure in your heart and it can cause low blood flow to your heart, and this can cause you to have some cardiovascular changes, okay? We want to make sure that we're paying attention to these things, and we want to make sure that our diabetes, cholesterol level, all of these things are being controlled. We have to make sure that we're screened properly, okay? It is very crucial especially for us as black and brown women to take control of our heart health, right? Please, ladies, talk to your primary provider, especially if you're 40 and older. And the risk factors that we talk about, right? The risk factors, your age, know your body. Take note of the symptoms that you're experiencing. Do not minimize your symptoms. If you're experiencing symptoms, do not push it under the rug and say like it will go away 
or, you know, sometimes you start feeling better and then you just like, you know, don't even pay attention to it. Don't do that. Chest pain, like I said, is very emergent. Follow up with a cardiologist, especially if you are at risk. If you feel that something has changed within you, trust your judgment. Trust your judgment, ladies. Like I said, no one knows your body better than you. When any organ in our body is damaged, it can have a ripple effect on the other organs, causing our internal balance to be disrupted. Homeostasis, right? Everything now, all that equilibrium where everything was balanced, now it's thrown off, right? Because something is not functioning correctly. So because of that now, it's going to affect the heart. This is the reason why we have to take care of the hypertension, the diabetes, and the cholesterol. We have to try to get regular exercise. We have to consume a diet that is balanced and try to decrease or avoid processed foods. Get screened. I can't stress screening enough. Get screened. Follow up with your primary provider, right? Doing these things will help to contribute to optimal heart health, right? Doing all of these things, right? And I understand some people are going to say, oh, I've been doing all of these things. And, you know, sometimes they have no issues, no familial history at all. And they still get some kind of issue happening with their heart. And usually for those people, it's usually something that will just throw them off sudden, like maybe they do something, it could be a stressor or something like that, that will just throw it off sudden that here and now they're finding out that they have an issue with cardiovascular disease. But if that's not you, right, and you fit into these other categories that I've talked about, where we're looking at your risk factors and we're looking at some of the other comorbidities like the hypertension and the diabetes that is happening with you, then those are things that you want to make sure that you're taking care of that can contribute to your optimal heart health. Because in, at the end of the day, that's what every one of us wants to achieve, optimal heart health. And ladies, it's doable because we don't want to wait until it gets so bad where we cannot control it. And this is why I, I'm stressing so much how important it is to get screened in all of these areas. Because once you get screened in these areas, now it can positively contribute to you having a better outcome if something does go wrong, right? Because now we're able to find out what is happening to you soon enough rather than waiting later. Okay. And that is what I want you to get from this today. During this heart health month, optimize your heart, optimize doing things for yourself. If you used to, you know, maybe park a little bit closer to your job, maybe park a little bit further now and just take a little bit extra time to walk, you know, put on a Fitbit or something like that, count your steps, you know, doing different things like that. Instead of drinking soda, maybe turn out to drinking water, or some people have like flavored water, you know, seltzer, zero calories, stuff like that, just to incorporate different stuff. And sometimes, listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. You understand? So it's not like you're going to do something. But guess what? Every little 
will make a difference, right? So if you're a smoker, I don't expect all of a sudden you go from two packs a day to not smoking at all. That's unrealistic. But try to cut down, right? Cut down on the amount that you usually do. If you normally have fast food, instead of eating fast food every day, you try to say, okay, then maybe I'm going to treat myself once a week to having fast food. But the rest of the time, I'm going to try to make my lunch and cook my dinner where now I, you can actually see what you're actually putting into your body and you know what you're putting into your body because you're the one that is making it. These are the ways, ladies, that we have to take care of our heart. Without our heart, there's no us, right? We can't live without a heart. You need your heart. So with that said, I just want to make sure that we just continue to do the best that we can do. You can do it. Self-care includes also taking care of not just our external version, but also the internal part of us as well. Okay. Always ladies, continue to inspire, continue to uplift and continue to motivate each other. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Totally Women Podcast is hosted by Rosemary Crosdale. This episode was produced by Kwana and Wise Grisette. Episode artwork by Estrella Grisette and powered by Indie Creative Podcasts.